You're listening to KHOL. This is Jackson Unpacked, our weekly podcast on news, music, and culture in Jackson Hole and the Mountain West. I'm reporter Will Walkie. Just a quick reminder before we get into this bonus episode, the KHOL has a new limited podcast series with Stia called Facets, Voices of the Mountain Life. In five episodes, Facets explores the passions, tensions, and healing that people find while living in a mountain town. The second episode of Facets is about the explosion of backcountry skiing and the plight of bighorn sheep in the Teton Range. That will be out Friday, April 15th. Please subscribe today and catch the rest of the episodes in your podcast feed every other Friday through the end of May. Now, in today's show, a conversation with Teton Valley Olympian Jalen Koff of Alta, Wyoming, who won silver for the U.S. in the women's moguls competition at the recent Winter Olympics in Beijing. KHOL News Director Kyle Mackey recently sat down with Koff to chat about her Olympics experience, growing up in Teton Valley, and caring for her mental health while competing on the world stage. Jalen, thank you again for taking the time and for joining us today on KHOL. Yeah, thank you for having me. How does it feel to be back in <laughs> Teton Valley? Um, it feels really good. I mean, this is home for me, you know, so I'm stoked to be up here for a little bit of downtime and then lots of, you know, celebrations with the community and the town. All right, so let's get started. I'd love to hear more about your experience in the Olympic COVID bubble. <laughs> How did you mentally prepare for that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the the last two years, you know, since COVID started, we've been mentally preparing for that, knowing that, like, especially after seeing the Tokyo Games, knowing that we weren't going to have friends and family and we were going to be locked down, China's restrictions were all going to be very strict. Um, and so basically a month, it was like Christmas Eve, we got a message from Ski and Snowboard that was like, stay at home alone, don't see anyone, like, don't socialize, like, this is kind of crunch time of like, we have to be as careful as possible if you want to get to China and compete in China. Um, And so that whole month leading up to it was like the strictest we've been with it. Like I was isolated completely by myself for like the three weeks leading up to leaving for China. Um, And, you know, like not the ideal world to be living in, but like we all knew what the reward could be, you know? So it was like, okay, this this sucks being alone and like, I don't know, dealing with all of this, but like I have two weeks and then I get to compete at the Olympics. And, and I was in a different boat than a lot of other teammates that I knew I was already qualified at that point where a lot of my other teammates were still trying to qualify, um, which makes it a different like risk reward thing. Yeah. Were you able to train during that time, during that isolation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had, um, it started like before the Deer Valley World Cup. Um, and so, and we would train, uh, we had an Olympic camp at Deer Valley after that. And so it was basically like in your hotel room and then, you know, put on the KN95 mask and stay away from everyone else on the mountain, like all the teammates and coaches out on the hill. Um, we're staying as far away from as possible, testing every day, um, but just like, yeah, being as careful as possible. Yeah. And then once you got to China, you were also tested daily, right? Mm-hmm. 
yeah, we were testing daily over there, but it was nice. We had, um, like, our team had a guy's condo and a girl's condo. Um, so we were able to, like, socialize with each other and, you know, not wear masks around someone for the first time in a month, I think, um, which definitely helped that. Yeah. And I've heard you talk in some interviews about the experience of not being able to have, you know, most of your friends and family there, mm-hmm. you know, at the bottom of the run. But uh, you said that that camaraderie of your teammates was really what uh, helped get you through this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we are like such a close knit team. And I think especially within the last two years of like having to be so careful with one another and, and isolating so much um, or isolating as a team so much together. Um, it's really brought all of us closer, you know, Um and I had my boyfriend there, too, who was on the team, um, which was nice to be able to have, like, one of the closest people in my life at the bottom of the course as well. That definitely made a big difference. Yeah, I think we all saw the video of him jumping up and down <laughs> <laughs> after your run. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and, of course, we saw the videos, too, of all your friends and family gathered here in Tetonia, the Tetonia Club, which I believe your dad, he runs or owns? Yeah, yeah, he runs and owns it. Okay. Um, yeah, and they had a big watch party at, at 3 in the morning out there, which was really cool to see the videos of that and how many people were there. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you more about this community. You know, you grew up in Alta and Grand Targhees, your home resort, one of them. Um, how has this place helped influence, you know, who you are today and the career you've gone on to have? Yeah, I mean, it's been a huge part of it, you know, like growing up here in in Teton Valley and at Grand Targhee, like that's what, you know, created my love for being in the mountains, for being outdoors and and for skiing. And, um, you know, I've made a career out of competing, um, but at the root of it all is like that love and passion for just being out there, just being on the snow. Um, And that comes from this place, from growing up here. You know, you also grew up with your parents as <laughs> your role models in the in the ski world. And I wanted to ask you, you know, specifically about your mom, Patty, and how having such a strong uh, female role model growing up set you on this course you're on today, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, my mom was, she's always been my biggest role model and inspiration. And, um, you know, growing up in a lot of sports, like on the ski team here, Um, there's one other girl that I skied with here, but mostly growing up, it was just me skiing with my brother and all the guys, you know? Um, and so I was pretty lucky to be able to have like such a strong female role model to look up to. Um, and she was, I mean, competing into her forties and, you know, pushing off the limits and doing things that people probably didn't expect or thought that, you know, women or women of that age shouldn't be doing but she was and and just kind of setting her own path and so growing up for me like that was always an option you know like my mom was doing whatever she wanted to do despite what people were saying so like I could do the same thing and have those same dreams and goals and you know push the envelope there you know I think we're lucky here um being in such an active community and we see lots of strong women athletes Mm -hmm. breaking barriers um you know in every sport around but not everybody has that a lot of girls growing up don't have those those women role models in sports um and i wonder what your message is for you know women and girls who might want to follow in your footsteps maybe not in skiing (laughs) but maybe in another sport 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, like I feel like with my mom, I was so lucky to have that. And um, I think that's a really cool part of what, you know, I've been able to like accomplish in my career is now I get to be a role model in skiing and mogul skiing. And um, I feel like I can really be that back here in this community. Because like I said, I didn't, you know, necessarily have that growing up, um, at least with with girls around my age. Um, and so to be able to come back to this valley and be a, a like strong female role model is really important to me. Um, and I hope that I can inspire lots of, you know, young girls to go out and set their own path. And I think to answer your question, my message there would be, um, you know, do it your own way and, and set your own path. Um, you don't have to listen to what anyone else is saying and and whatever it is you love, go out and do it as hard as you can. Despite your Olympic success uh, this this winter, and I know you also, I think, got your 20th uh, mm-hmm. world World Championship podium? World Cup podium. World Cup yeah. podium, okay. Uh, this season, which is amazing. <laughs> You've also been open about how you said it was a difficult season for you. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how you take care of your mental health when you're competing on the world stage. It's such a high level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I guess a, a little on that. Like this year was just, um, I qualified for the Olympics um, in December. So after our first two events of the season, based on results from the last couple of years. Um, And so that was a huge weight lifted off of me. I was going into the season, like we had a month long training camp before the first event. And um, I was literally crying every day, just in like full panic. Cause you know, the season is starting. It's three weeks away. It's two weeks away. It's one week away. We're here. And like, I don't think I'm ready and I'm not ready for the Olympics. And that was like, just the pressure the Olympics brings on is a lot and probably a lot more than um, people realize, you know, because it is, it can be cut down to that last minute of panic and stress just trying to get there, much less figure out how to like handle the Olympics themselves. Um, And I mean, this year, like my biggest rock was my boyfriend who was, you know, I was able to travel with and be with almost all the time. of like just trying to reassure me that I was ready for the Olympics and and I was trying to work on new tricks because um, the the women's side of moguls has the airs are just progressing so quickly um, and I was feeling like I had to like panic to try and like keep up with that um, and so for all the events um, leading up to the Olympics I was trying a new trick in my run. I was trying a cork seven on the bottom air. First year competing that on the bottom air in hopes to compete that at the Olympics. Um, And, you know, it was really challenging to give up getting results just to try and, you know, practice or get competition runs in with that. Um, And I had the flexibility knowing I'd already qualified for the Olympics, Um, but it's still like mentally hard to, not do well or not get results like week after week. Um, And so then going into the Olympics this year um, with my boyfriend and coach, we just kind of talked about like, okay, what do I need to be in the best mental place for this? Like, I don't want to show up to the Olympics and be stressing about like, I don't know if I can do this bottom air. Like, it's not going well so far. Like, I need to be 
100% confident. Um, and so then I decided just to stick with kind of my stock run of a, a back mute to a back X and just scratch um, the cork seven on the bottom air. Um, and then I was able to, you know, do it my own way. Um, instead of trying to keep up with what the other girls were doing or like take that same path, um, I just focused on my strengths and everything that was going good for me and that I really wanted to do. Um, and I just stuck with that. And that was like a huge like mental game changer for me, just of really having that confidence and, you know, going about it in my own way. Yeah. During these intense weeks or like when you're in the bubble there for the Olympics, <laughs> is there any time during the day when you can like unplug from skiing or from competing and not think about it? Or is it kind of with you 24 seven? Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty good at like, kind of like when I'm off the hill, like there's a time to do video and talk about um, the day with the coaches or my teammates, maybe, but um, I kind of setting that aside and be like, okay, now let's, you know, do something else or, um, you know, enjoy the rest of the Olympic experience. Because um, it can be like, if you're constantly thinking about it, it just builds and builds the pressure. And so it is really good to have that kind of step away. Like, you know, you review the day and then you can move past it. Yeah. Um, speaking of the rest of the Olympic experience, how much were you able to <laughs> mix and mingle with athletes from other countries this year? Um, yeah, not a whole lot, honestly. Um, I mean, we had the, they had a big, um, like cafeteria, um, where we all ate that was open. It had like each seat had like plexiglass around it. So wow. you were like in your little square. Um, but that was like where we would run into other athletes and, you know, be, be able to talk a little bit, um. And obviously, we're still being as careful as possible, um, but, like, just getting in a little bit of that social aspect. Yeah. So uh, you have been open about how you dreamed of an Olympic medal for a long time mm -hmm. since you were a kid. Uh, you achieved that this year, <laughs> and congratulations again. Uh, what's next for you? Do you have other goals down the pipeline? Um, yeah, I mean, I think right now I'm going to keep going with it. Um, you know, the next Olympics is four years away, hoping the dual moguls are going to be in there. Um, so hopefully have two mogul medal events in the next Olympics. Um, and that's where my sights are set right now. You know, I'm, I'm still having so much fun competing and skiing and, um, I've kind of said as, as long as it's still fun, I'll keep doing it. So you know, right now that's the plan, but four years is a long ways away, so who knows? <laughs> is there anything else you want to share today with our listeners in both Teton Valley and Jackson? Um, yeah, I mean, thank you to everyone in, yeah, Teton Valley, Jackson. Um, like, this place is so special to me, and the support that I've received from this valley and this community has been insane and definitely made like this Olympics what it was. And I can't thank everyone enough for, for all the love and support that you've given me this year. All right, great. Well, Jalen, thank you again for taking the time to join us today on KHOL. Yeah, thank you so much.
That's it for today on Jackson Unpacked. Original music for the show is by the local band Strumbucket, and you can help us spread the word about Jackson Unpacked by leaving a rating and review for the show in Apple Podcasts. I'm Will Walkie, and this is KHOL Jackson.